Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wake the fuck up, samurai. We have a city to burn. You're listening to Geek Media Core, your weekly podcast for all things geek pop culture. What's up, geeks? I am Mike, and this is issue number 121 of the Geek Media Core podcast, where this week we are talking E3 2019, the death of Fox Marvel, and the weird circumstances behind the cancellation of Swamp Thing. But we begin by saying hello to the man who would never, ever challenge Tom Cruise to a fight on Twitter. What's up, Dan? I would never, because I respect. I need more Mission Impossible movies in my life. You know that guy would train like crazy to fight anyone in the octagon. I, I, there's not very many people, very actors I would I would take to, to, to beat Tom Cruise in a fight. I don't even need I don't even need him trained. Like he's crazy. Like this is a dude who who literally he has no reason to fly a, a fucking helicopter, and he flew a helicopter just for the fuck of it. Like no. Yeah. So that's okay. the weirdest story ever. So yeah, that's just I think I don't know if it was real or not, but somebody said like. Dan DeVito said, fight me, coward. So I don't even know if that was real or if that was... No, a- that's another motherfucker I wouldn't want to fight. Oh, that, Dan DeVito? <laughs> he ain't going to mess around with you. He's going to put Loves you down. are crazy, man. So those are crazy. So we're back question. after eight. I, I do have a question because it was... Yeah. The tweet was going around. If you had to tell... Cha- who was your challenge 31 years Oh, 31 older? years older than me. I was like, oh, shit. Arnold's, Arnold's 31 years older than me. I thought I'm still going <laughs> to lose versus Arnold. So, oh, shit. Well, who would you have, youngster? Uh... You know, I've got a few. I got the voice of Mario, which I, I would probably just like. Yeah, I just picked the first one that came up. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I think the I think the biggest name was probably Willem Dafoe, and I'm like, I could fuck up Willem Dafoe if I wanted. I don't, I don't know, man. You ever seen Boondock Saints? I think he's insane. I got some good ones though, voice actor wise. I got the voice of Mario, uh, and then I got Kevin Conroy. So, uh, oh, you know, I'm feeling pretty Batman. good. You know, fight Batman. And I got and I got Bill Nye. So I'm like, cool. Like these are guys I want to have a drink with, not even throw a punch. At. Right, right. So yeah, we're not going to be challenging any celebs to a to a fight on Twitter, but still, I, I would make Tom Cruise the heavy favorite if that fight happened. Uh, versus Bieber, not you. I, you're, you're scrappy. I don't know. I uh, would so- take Tom Cruise over it. most people. Just. Because he would train, he would train, he would hire like the the world's greatest fighters, and he would like go, he would go, he would like find the League of Assassins and train for a thousand hours just yeah. to fight somebody. Yeah, because that's just what he does. So we are back after a brief hiatus. Um, I there was it was a combination of uh, no real stories, and and I went back to work, and it wiped me out. So <laughs> uh, real life got in the way there a little bit. But uh, hey, over the quick little break here, Danny, is there anything that you uh you know watch, read, us to played, anything of note over the past couple of weeks you want to talk about before we get going? Um, nothing of note. I mean, just trying to get away from the the foul taste in my mouth that Game of Thrones had. Um, 
So, you know, looking for a summer binge and yeah, I haven't started that yet. So, so haven't started handmates, huh? I had not. No, I had the the nice week off from work and, you know, real life kind of got in the way. So we'll, we'll get there. I know he's being less of a loser, guys. He's going out and having like a life and stuff. This is this is not fair. Uh, I haven't been watching much, mostly because I've been reading. But since I do uh, whatever I'm reading, I do uh, book reviews for that on the channel now. So I'm not going to talk about that here. I'll bring up Good Omens on Amazon. I started watching that uh, just because it's it's uh, David Tennant was in it. That was the only reason I mainly was going to watch it. Um, I have not read the Neil Gaiman novel. I haven't read any Neil Gaiman novels except for uh, uh, Stardust. I know that that kind of gets like my my geek cred re- revoked a little bit. Uh, just I don't know. I've read a couple of his things and it wasn't really my style. Uh, but the, the show is very very cool. It's uh, very British. So if you're not into like Britishy kind of thing, I, it's, I say kind of remind me of the movie of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. But uh, Tenet, obviously always awesome. Uh, him and Michael Sheen have like wonderful chemistry together. I think it's a good time. I think you enjoy, it, especially if. Uh, if you're a supernatural fan, I think you'd like it because it's like basically making fun of all the apocalypse, you know. So it's 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 <laughs> it's it's serious, but not serious at all. It's just it's a good time. It's 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 a good time. I got two episodes left. I, I'm enjoying. It's only six episodes. Uh, one of the criticisms was they were saying that they wish they had made it a full series instead of just adapting the book. Whereas I'm like, no, just adapt the book. Don't don't do that. Like Nosferatu by Joe Hill, that that series just came out. And the complaints that I've heard is that they're trying to make it a series instead of just adapting the book. And that already deflated me to where I don't even want to watch it now. So yeah, uh, I, I recommend it. I think that everybody would like it. If you, uh, you like a laugh, if you're a Dr. Who fan, uh, definitely you would like it because it's David Tennant. Uh, but Danny doesn't have Amazon, so he's not going to stream that. So uh, let's get right into it with something that else that I know that he's not going to be interested in. And that's talking about The Dark Phoenix, the last X-Men movie under the Fox umbrella. Uh, well, I guess not. It's still going to be the Fox umbrella, right? It's still going to be Fox, but it's going to be under the Disney umbrella. Let's put it that way. But uh, the last non-Disney Fox Marvel movie. Uh, apparently, Danny, this is worse than The Last Stand. It's sitting at a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I didn't see what the audience <laughs> score is. Uh, it had the lowest opening for X movie ever, $33 million. Um, I know that there was like no buzz for this because people are like, why am I going to watch this if it's ending? Uh, but I, I, as, as me and you being big McAvoy fans, I love Fassbender. I love this cast, really. I hate to see this. This guy I said that I feel like Fassbender and McAvoy deserve better than this. Uh, I didn't see it, so I can't attest to it, but people that I know that were saying, these guys were saying that people were too hard on Apocalypse, and they're saying that this movie is bad. So, yeah. Um, I'm not going to say, I know you read spoilers to, to, to see if it's just as bad as you're hearing. Um, guys, spoiler alert, because I'm going to ask Danny to tell me what's so bad about this. What's just so awful? So, <sighs> I don't spoiler. know where I'm gonna, I have I have friends that are or critics and you know they couldn't talk about the movie to a certain point and then i was just like yo just give me the truth like what what is what is wrong with this movie there are a lot of things wrong i think you know we had the delayed production timelines etc cetera, etc cetera. i guess the movie that was originally written by stories that have come out was very close to a blend of captain marvel and uh captain america civil war yeah i heard it was going to have the scrolls in it the scrolls were in it at one point. Uh, there was a X Men versus X Men like Civil War in there, and you know the delays kind of led them to change things. So I, you have a you have what we saw in a lot of the DC movies, which is like three different movies being mashed together and kind of like Frankenstein. And I think that that's incoherent. I think the the second thing is that 
you know, for a Dark Phoenix story, they say that there's still a lot of focus on Professor X versus Magneto. And, you know, McAvoy and Fassbender are great actors, but if you're going to do the Dark Phoenix saga, you got to put Jean Grey front and center and you got to make people give a shit about Jean Grey and like her fall from grace. Um, I've heard mixed reviews on acting from anyone that isn't uh, McAvoy, Fassbender or Sophie Turner, um, who everyone says like, yeah, that she gave it her best, but that script just did not do her any justice. And, and frankly, the ending sucked. I mean, even reading it out loud, I'm just like, are you fucking serious? Like, I guess the end of it is Sophie Turner's character does not die. She's good. She kills whatever bland villain Jessica Chastain is. And then it ends with Charles and Magneto playing chess. And then they see a Phoenix symbol in the sky. And it's the most Vegas blandest shit I've ever read. Like period. Like it's really bad, they, they bad this entire third act and that's what they came up with. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, it just, I think the biggest thing for me and reading everything about this movie is that when you do dark Phoenix, it is supposed to be an emotional capper to everything. The problem is that, this X-Men timeline, this X-Men universe has always been Charles and Magneto. It has been a very much look at their relationship. Uh, so much so that the, the, the X-Men from first class, they kind of got rid of and jettisoned after the first movie. The second movie brought no real new mutants except for Wolverine, who, of course, we know what happened with Hugh Jackman. So he's not here. And then at the end of Apocalypse, which was a dreadful movie. You get the new class of mutants, but you don't get to spend any time with them. You don't develop those relationships with them. I mean, compare it to the Marvel cinematic universe where everyone is like in the, in their fields with Tony and, and Steve, you've spent maybe cobbled together, maybe half a movie with these kids. And then you're going to be like, Oh yeah, now Scott, you got to sacrifice Gene and Gene, you got to be killed. And you don't wait this time. We're not going to actually kill Gene. It just is a mess. It's a mess. They didn't know what they wanted to do. They rushed it. I think somewhere down the line, Disney's probably going to give this a stab. It's like, it's going to be like phase eight, nine and 10, and they're probably going to nail the shit out of it. And I hope they do because this is a story that, I mean, they've tried time and time again to tell outside the comic books and no one can touch it. Well, we started a thread on Twitter, you know, about, Hey, does, should the MCU ever, ever touch dark Phoenix? And you said not for like 20 years as I, I feel like at this point with how much stock they've already built up in Scarlet witch and her being tortured, I'd rather them go the house of them route than doing dark Phoenix. But you know, they might cast a Jean gray that everybody just falls in love with, you know? And I think that's what you got to do first. You got to make audiences fall in love with the character before we're going to give a damn about what's the storyline. So yeah, just, I don't know. Leave it alone. I mean, the whole point, the whole point, one of the points for me of Dark Phoenix is it is what made it such a good comic. It is a literal fall from grace of a hero. And we haven't seen that story really play out in the movies. One day we will. I hope it is Dark Phoenix because it is a, it can be a great story. And the X-Men as a whole can be great for the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it's one of the easiest ways you can keep churning characters in and out, in and out. And it would be nice to see those characters as a team treated with care and respect. With the exception of Logan, we really haven't seen that. Like, I mean, hell, look at their first iteration of Deadpool. They didn't fucking get the character right. It was a fucking joke to the point where they make fun of it today. 
Um, All right. Well, let's talk about the uh, the now scrapped Fox Marvel universe because I still don't believe that that New Mutants is ever coming out. And when it does, it'll just drop one day on a streaming service. I don't care how many times they keep giving us release dates for it. I don't believe it's ever getting a theatrical release. Uh, Apparently, this story came out that uh, you know they had they had made a little roadmap of what they were going to cross over with their Marvel properties, and they had planned on Fantastic Four Part Two was supposed to end with an X-Men crossover and they were going to do X-Men versus Fantastic Four or something silly like that. Um, when that when that Fantastic Four or Fant Four stick or whatever people refer to it as now, I've heard to it as, as the, the movie that actually made Dr. Doom worse than he was the first time they tried it. Uh, unbelievably so. But uh, yeah, I think it seems like everything just unraveled from that point. And besides, if it wasn't for Logan and if it wasn't for Deadpool, I think this thing would have unraveled a lot quicker than it did. I think Deadpool gave it more legs um, just by being the success that it was and it freed them up. I think Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman by being Hugh Jackman forced them to force their hand to lean into Logan and they let it open up a little bit more with Deadpool. Um, the whole thing is, I mean, state this, the first X-Men was a game changer and the movie at its time really changed how comic book movies were made. Cannot take away from that legacy. X2 is still holds up to be a pretty good movie. X3 sucks. The first class, again, great start. And then Days of Future Past, I enjoy, and it was supposed to fix everything, and then they made Apocalypse. And I think part of it is Fox was so intent on rushing movies out and keeping that, A, keeping that license for Marvel, but B, making a quick buck. I genuinely don't think Fox executives gave a shit about the quality of the movies as long as people were going. Um, so, so much so that when you read these anonymous interviews from Fox executives, they were arrogant about how Apocalypse fucked up. They thought it was a blip in the thing, a blip in the tank and just like an anomaly. Oops. Like you didn't learn your lessons and then you deliver something that's even worse. And, uh, it's a shame because we will see the X-Men go on the back burner and they should go on the back burner. The audience needs to like forget about them for a little bit. They need probably 10 years, another whole Marvel saga to forget about it. And I think it's great because the fantastic four are in need of rehabilitation to the point where to yesterday's announcement of the fantastic four being in uh, Marvel ultimate Alliance three is the first time that they've been used outside of anything like the the marvel decree of not using the fantastic four is over it's a great sign and we need to pump them back up and reading some of the the rumors about what the fantastic four movie could be it's going to be great and i fully support marvel putting them on a spotlight letting us cool off on the mutants and then getting to the mutants down the road eventually Right. Uh, as much as I want to see, because I'm a huge X-Men fan, and, they, and just the idea of seeing it done right this time. Like, Don't get me wrong. There were some Fox X-Men movies I really enjoyed. Okay, I was. But it never felt... Oh, it was fantastic. It never felt like my X-Men. You know what I mean? So uh, as, as excited as I am, yeah, I do need a break. So guys, please stop with Blank should be cast as the new Wolverine. Just let it let it rest for a little bit, and especially Wolverine. They're especially going to have to distance himself from that for a while. Cause you know what, no matter what it is, well, it's not like Hugh Jackman was, you know, so 
yeah, we're gonna have to take our time with this. We're gonna take our time, and and I'm fine with it. I I, I do wish they'd have a, a Deadpool three be a, a Deadpool kills the Fox Marvel universe or something like that, though, because that's such a cool comic. That could so happen. I wouldn't mind that at all. I I do think that with the Fantastic Four, you can tell ten to fifteen years of stories without relying on the X Men. So yeah, I don't mind them putting the putting the Fantastic Four there, getting Doctor Doom into yeah, the universe. Humans in it. No. <laughs> let's get Doctor Doom in the universe. Let's get Galactus in the universe. Let's get you know hell if you want to take Mister Fantastic and eventually turn him into the Maker. Let's do that. Let's do all this crazy wild Beyonder shit, and then we can get to the X Men. Like the nice thing for Marvel is that the bar has been set so low by Fox that they can't, they literally cannot screw this up any worse. Right. I said, I felt like that Fox had lowered the bar so bad for fantastic four that it wasn't going to be able to think. I feel like X-Men's almost been lowered to the point where it's like, it's, it's just a toxic property and you got to let it, you got to let that funk get off of it for at least about five years. Kind of like they did with the Angley's Hulk. You know, you got to wait at least, at least about five years that people forget about that. I uh, hope it I mean, doesn't fall into like the, the green lantern territory where they're just like scared of it. But you know, I think the thing for them too, is they have to legitimately think how they're going to fold the X-Men into the universe. Everyone, I think I pointed this out before when, uh, Disney bought back Fox. Magneto proves to be a big point, like of contention, because in the Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline, the 2023, he's 85 years old or somewhere around there in his mid 80s. They'll have to do time travel. They'll have, They'll to. have to do time travel, alternate universes. But at the same time, now you have audiences who are so tired of seeing. Uh, Charles and, and Magneto kind of go back and forth and monologue. Actually, one of the spoilers I did read is that there's a line in the movie about it where Magneto's like, oh, another monologue, like something along the lines of another monologue. No one cares, Charles. And like, they just get on with it. Like, they need to really rethink what the central focus of the X-Men is. And my hope is that they will get back to what the X-Men are. The X-Men are outsiders. You can use them as a parallel for almost any group of people in the world today. Let them be that and let them kind of be like what they were at the beginning, which is you don't know, like the others in Lost, when the others in Lost were cool, like you don't know who they are. You don't know what they want. You don't know, you know, if they're more scared of you than you are of them. Let them be a little dangerous and a little bit of, uh, ah, are they villains? Are they heroes? And then let's get to all this other pontificating about morality. Right. Even though I'm excited to take our time with the X-Men. I mean, the great thing is 10 years from now, 10, 15 years, CGI is going to be so much better. Their powers are going to look a thousand times cooler. I mean, they might not even need actors at that point, right? It could be robots. All right. Let's talk about the other end of the spectrum here. Uh, Birds of Prey has the lowest budget of any DCEU movie Kind of like my interest level in the movie is movie. <laughs> I could give a shit about this. Uh, Seventy-five million dollar budget. I don't care. I think Shazam was like eighty, and it, it looked fine. But it also did feel very grounded. So I, I don't know anybody really that asking for this movie. If you're like yelling at me right now, I'm sorry. It's just I have zero zero interest in this, and I don't even care if it's got a good trailer. I don't think I will be seeing this until it's on home video. It's going to need a good review for me um, to go out and see it. I don't mind the low budget because all these characters are street level characters. So 
you just shouldn't need a heavy reliance on CGI. I mean, none of these characters, with the exception of Black Canary, have any sort of superpower. So it's going to be a lot of practical stunts, a lot of fake guns, fake bombs. I'm cool with it. That's fine. It doesn't need money. But it's going to need a good trailer. It's going to need some sort of hook or angle beyond, hey, come see Margot Robbie be crazy to get me into that theater. Um, the movie title is still ridiculous. I, I can't take it seriously. Like uh-huh. even looking at the poster right now, like I just cannot take this movie seriously because fantabulous emancipation of one, blah, 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 blah. Like give me, it's the birds of prey that on its own should be enough. The fact that it's not makes me worried, but I will wait until I see a trailer, hopefully at Comic-Con and we can go from there. But this movie has an uphill battle to climb for, for sure. Well, apparently it's kind of a Batman movie without Batman. So, right. Apparently DC has no plans to be at Comic-Con this year. If you take to heart with uh, Patty Jenkins, I don't know if she was saying oh, that like, Wonder Woman's not going to be at, at Comic-Con this year or right. he's not going to be there this year. Uh, by the way, that Wonder Woman poster, I know you liked it. I thought it looked stupid as hell. Because you know why? It's all the stuff we always complain about those about those Marvel posters, how it looks like they just pop someone's head off and put it on something else. It, it looks like her head is just like superimposed on a drawing. I think it's ugly as shit. I don't know why everybody's like, oh, that's so incredible. Like, what? I like it because, again, this is a great move by DC to distance himself from the, the Snyder era. It's colorful. It's, I mean, I want, if we're going to go with the 80s, you're going to make that a big point. Give me full-on 80s acid trip. Like, give me, like, the colors, the weirdness, everything. The comic book side of me, the cool thing that I've seen people point out is that that costume that she has is her Kingdom Come costume. Mm -hmm. The shoulder pads, the only thing missing is the wings that she has, which may or may not show up. I think that's cool. Like, anything that references Kingdom Come, which I think is a great comic in general, even if it's just the costume... It's great for me. Talking about the aesthetic of the picture, it looked yeah. like a really bad Photoshop. Uh, obviously, anything that's Wonder Woman kicks ass for me, and I'm, I'm about it. I just don't know everybody was acting like that. It was like the greatest poster they'd ever seen. I was like, this is the same posters by Marvel that we were trashing. So It's a great sign, though, if you're DC, if people are that hungry for Wonder Woman content and they're going to flip out over a poster. So that's if I'm DC, I feel great. I feel encouraged. I really, really, really really want to see a trailer for this movie soon. He said it's... I don't... Again, again, great sign that people want it, but... but I mean, we're a year away. We're a year away from no. the movie, so... It, 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 it's good that people want a Wonder Woman movie. It's good that Aquaman is still chugging along. I mean, the DC movies in general, who knows what their direction is, but they've at least got some clear tent poles. Wonder Woman, Aquaman sparkly Batman and we can, we can see like they're going to, they're making another attempt to be relevant again. You guys don't, don't like my, my, my disinterest in birds of prey. You draw. I like the direction that they're going in right now. I like that. They seem like they actually do have a plan at this point. Joker looks really cool. And I didn't expect to like that. So, uh yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not just sitting here trashing them for sure. I, I liked Shazam quite a bit. Uh, plan on watching it again when it comes out on digital because uh, my wife's a big Chuck fan and she wants to see it. You know, me and my kid went and saw it and he wants to watch it again. So, uh, 
Yeah, I, I know that the people like now that were really high on Aquaman now are saying they didn't like it. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think that's another one of those cases where everybody just like talks themselves out of liking something. Uh, but I, I definitely like the direction they're going in as opposed to where they were even just one year ago. I, I like that they're not forcing the team up. Just make some good movies. Like we said, make the good movies. Let's go from there. Let I, me watch it. Quinn, because that every, every, those little snippets that they put together, that looked just like a CW show to me. So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the opposite effect. I mean, it's opposite of what James Wan did. Like, James Wan like, was like, I want to get this perfect. I don't want to even show you a glimpse of it till we get there. Meanwhile, they're like, oh, here's some like, camera shots and camera tests for you guys. I don't want any of that. Give me what I want. <laughs> uh, some non-superhero stuff here. There, it does happen, guys, believe it or not. Um, this is what I was afraid of with uh, the whole Hollywood legitimization, I guess they're calling it, of horror. Um, Jordan Peele's doing Candyman, uh, remake of a reboot, I guess, of Candyman. And you know anything that he does in horror now is going to get, you know, mainstream's attention uh i read that this reboot is supposed to be tackling quote unquote toxic fandom and i feel like one this isn't the movie to do that and and, and two i feel like people have lost sight of what that word means you know how it used to be like oh if someone says something i don't like i'm just going to call them a troll even though that's not what it meant i feel like now Someone disagrees with me. They're a toxic fan. I feel like people have lost sense of what that term actually means. If you set out to make a movie that you tell everyone is going to be polarizing and divisive, well, you know that you've set out to make a movie that's going to upset maybe half of your audience. Calling them toxic because they don't like it. I, I think that that's just a I don't I don't even know what that is. That just seems like a, an easy cop out for me. So. If that's what this movie is, and again, I'm just going off of a headline. I didn't read the article or nothing like that. It might not be nothing like that. But as far as the boogeyman where you say his name three times in the mirror and that's going to be a commentary on toxic fandom, that's not that's not what I was excited about when I heard that he was going to be making this. I, I don't know anything about Candyman. Never seen the movie. Don't really know the character. You say Candyman in the mirror three times and he appears. Oh, so he's Beetlejuice. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I read a little bit about this. Uh, they, of course, don't have a script or details on how they're going to get into fandom or tying that back to the movie. Uh, I think the one article I read was talking about it addresses it, uh, you know, as reference to stuff like petitions that fans start about changing things or the harass the over the board harassment that some actors get for being in these movies or etc. It's high concept. I'm curious to see how they can tackle it and tie it back into a, a Candyman movie. Uh, it's Jordan Peele. So A, it's got my attention. B, whether you love, like, neutral on his movies, don't like them, he puts a lot of thought into it. He, he doesn't do anything half-assed. So I'm curious to see his approach and, and how he ties all these elements together. I know that uh, our, our, our guy, Yaha, Abdul Mateen the second is uh, playing Candyman. Uh, by the way, his star is on the rise. I mean, he's he just seems to be collecting checks left and right these days. So uh, more power to him. Um, but again, it's one of those things. Like you said, it's the mainstreaming of it because hi, guy who doesn't really consider himself a horror fan, and tell me more about this Candyman guy, and tell me more about like 
what this movie is going to be about, Jordan Peele, because I'm interested. Mm, I'll just I'll, I'll expect the best or hope for the best and expect the worst. Probably that's probably that's probably how I go. But that's how I do with a lot of horror, though. Not just not just not just his stuff. Uh, I said after our, our our mini review for us that I felt like his best movie is still to come. I don't think it's going to be this one. All right. <laughs> I, I will say though. This is Jordan Peele. This is only his third movie, but he's executive producer of the, the CBS show. He's He's got his fingers in a lot of productions. Um, I, I hope my man's not spread too thin. I, I, I'm all for like tackling everything that you want, going after your passions, but I, I hope the guy is also giving himself to the right projects and like really putting his heart into everything. And I, I don't think he wouldn't. Yeah. I don't think he wouldn't otherwise, but I, I hope he's not just like, Spread too thin. And that's part of, like, that's my worry with Jordan Peele moving forward right now is he's so hot that everyone's going to want a piece. And it's just like, just let, let my man create. Let him, let him do his thing. You know who's hot right now? Tom Holland. Because anytime there's any movie now where you want, like, a young kid, everyone, the first one you see is Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Like, okay, he's 23. He's 23. But, I mean, he's not the first guess. Hold on. The first guess is Idris Elba. Then oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, but if you want just <laughs> anyone, it's Idris Elba. If you want like a young kid, it, it seems to be Idris Elba Holland right now. <laughs> if you need a female lead, Idris Elba. Um, <laughs> I love the Uncharted franchise on PlayStation. I know that you are a Microsoft guy, so you don't know the series, but I'm sure you've heard of it. Uh, Nathan Drake is a very, very popular mm-hmm. character in the Uncharted series. It's basically a mix of Indiana Jones and Tomb Raider. Just exciting, exciting games. It's very cinematic. And they've been trying to get this movie off the ground forever. Well, they finally got an actor to play Nathan Drake. And it's Tom Holland. And I'm like, look, man, I like Tom Holland as much as anybody. But did they, they fucking play this game? Because Nate is like late 30s, early 40s. I mean, there are flashbacks to when he's like, a nine-year-old orphan. So I, I I don't know what they're thinking with this. I I don't feel it at all. And I just look at it again. I'm like, wait a second. What studio is distributing this? Oh, Sony Pictures. It makes so much sense. Yeah, they don't know. They don't know. They've already got Tom Holland under the Sony umbrella. They've got PlayStation under the Sony umbrella. They're just that's what this is. They just threw one of their actors on it, meaning that they have no idea what this game is because. Everybody, fans of Uncharted have been have been clamoring for Nathan Fillion for this role for years. And I said, I thought he had kind of aged out. And then he made that little mini independent movie last year. And it was awesome of Uncharted. And again, it's like, Sony, you don't know what you have. You never do. God, Disney, please buy Sony. <laughs> <laughs> so upsetting. Um, as I read through this, because you're right, I don't know anything about Nathan Drake, so I'm trying to take a crash course in Nathan Drake. I read the one line where he's like, oh, yeah, he like throws a lot of quips and taunts. I'm like, well, that's probably what a Sony exec read. And it's like, that's like Peter Parker. Let's get <laughs> let's get Tom Holland. Um, the hard part that I'm having is like you read this d- description of Nathan Drake, and it just sounds so incredibly bland. And then someone, one of the quotes here says, you know, Nate, Nolan – uh, North, who's the voice actor, was told to instruct his own, per- imbue his own personality into the character. Uh, the problem with that is Nolan North, love the guy. He's like considered the the premier voice actor for video games. He's been in like literally 
hundreds of video games as a voice. Like he's everywhere. And to the point where there are memes online about Nolan North and like, oh, he just plays Nolan North and they just put him in a new role every time you just need like generic leading uh, white guy <laughs> as a lead role. So I don't know, like just reading this, I don't know who Nolan, I don't, I don't know who Nathan Drake is. And to your point, like even the photo, he looks like a dude in his thirties and that's, that's not Tom Holland. Tom Holland's a great actor. Don't get me wrong. I see a disconnect to your point. Again, does anybody play the game? I'm going to guess no, because we've talked about this. Nobody plays video games and makes movies. They never get the spirit of the game, right? Tomb Raider came in my mind, the closest, but even still they fucked that up and they had Angelina Jolie and she's the fucking best. Hey, I just want to, I just want to interrupt this for like a a sports thing. Jordan Alvarez just hit another home run. All right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Great news. Awesome. I, I, I just I don't I don't I get why people want to make video games the next comic book movies I just wish someone would literally say like hey I'm the biggest fan of this series and I get it I get the spirit of it things will change in adaptation that's fine but no movie seems to capture the spirit of what a game is right you know what it's going to take it's going to take someone like a Christopher Nolan taking Batman and making saying look you can make a serious movie off of this. And then people are gonna be like, oh, holy shit. And then there's going to be a boom on video game adaptations like there was with superheroes. That's what it's going to take. I don't know that it ever happens, but I'm saying it's going to take something like that to legitimize the genre before this ever, before they ever get it right. Because like, for example, Gears of War, and that's a series that you like a lot. And what are, the, what are the guys that are making the movie say, oh, we're not really going to be following the game very much. Then why the fuck are you making a Gears of War movie? I'm Nathan Drake is a lovable jerk who is light flipping. He's Han and just Solo played. with more quips. That's all. Yeah, he's Han Solo. Okay, then get Ryan Reynolds. Done. There we go. I would have been more okay with that. He's under the Sony umbrella. Too. Well, I guess he did that bodyguard movie or something. So I don't know if that really counts. I, just, I don't know. This just seems like a weird choice. I'll go back to it. The movie, the video game movie that they need to crack. The one that makes the most sense, the one that you can actually get away and do is Metroid. You can tell Metroid the movie and it will be fantastic. It will be badass and it's an easy story. Cool. Woman is a space bounty hunter killing aliens. Mass effect. That's what they should do. But it should be a TV series. Mass effect really should be. It should be an HBO series. Yeah, for sure. Is it even money? Just, just don't get Dana Davis do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep rolling along here because we got a lot to talk about. Oh, they um, also need to get Matt Fox to play Captain Shepard. That's yeah, the only requirement. Sure. He needs He's to hit 100% the, the guy. Hit the gym, party of five. Hit the gym. Uh, the MonsterVerse. Uh, I don't think that you've watched any of them, but I'm a big fan of them. And I really liked – I didn't care for that first Godzilla attempt. I really – like Kong I was wondering Island. which monster verse you were uh, No, that, 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 no, the, the Dracula and my moment, that stuff, no, that's dead. I'm talking about the Kaiju monster verse. Um, there we go. I've heard from everyone I know that saw Godzilla King of Monsters that it's excellent. That it's, you know, it's, it. it's not going to be winning any, you know, screenplay awards, nothing like that. But if you want what we all came to see, Two giants wrecking each other, (laughs) then it's an awesome movie and it's an awesome time at the box office. And and I it did it didn't do very well here. 80 million domestic here, 
uh, but it's going to hit about 300 million global. So I'm hearing now that they're, you know, they had plans after this. They're going to start lining up King Kong versus Godzilla. That's awesome. My, my childhood is like screaming right now and fist pumping. And now they're saying that like it might get delayed because they expected a more oh, warm reception. To the I, I mean, we got to depend on we got to depend on overseas in China to save this movie for us. So, I, I mean, I will say that the reviews that I've heard from people, it's one of two things. They either focus people that don't like the movie, don't like it because there's too much like people and we don't give a shit about the people. Right. And the people who just focus on the monsters, like I didn't give a shit about the people, but the monsters are where I came for it. That was a kick ass fight. That's why I want to go see Godzilla King of Monsters. I didn't watch Godzilla movies growing up for like the freaking plot or like right. the human no. romance angle. I don't give a crap about that. I don't give I a want crap to see Godzilla that. blow a hole through someone's chest, you know? That's what I want I'm Godzilla saying. like stomping monsters. I want Rodan coming in, tearing people apart. Like I don't need anything else other than giant monsters kicking each other's ass. Because that's really what I want to see. I think they no, probably put it I spent 20, 20 minutes of this podcast talking about Freaking King Shark versus Gorilla God. That's all I want. <laughs> right. And I think that they, I think the problem was is that the, the budget got a little more inflated than they let. They, it was like over 150 million. So it's probably with marketing, it's, it, it might break even, you know. And mm-hmm. I don't think that that's the kind of reception they were hoping for because Kong Skull Island, while it wasn't anything, again, a screenplay that was going to get you excited, it was a fun movie. I had a great time with it. So uh, I, do intend to go see this while it's still at the theater. I just haven't had a chance yet. I think me and my kid might do a, a double feature of this in Toy Story. So um, I, I guess I like to say sort of try to get out there and support it. I don't even know because I'd like to see this 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 monster universe keep going. Uh, especially I, at least I mean even if it just ends with King Kong versus Godzilla, I need to get that movie. You know, so I think we'll see. And maybe this is a little bit much of a crutch, but at least for me personally, like getting to the movies after Avengers Endgame has felt, I don't want to say a chore, but like, I think people underestimate the ripple effect of Avengers Endgame where you're just like... Drained. "Ah," Exhausted and like satisfied and cool. Like, I don't need to see a movie because that's part of my issue with going to the movies and seeing like a Godzilla right now. is like, ah, you know, I'm good right now. Movies, like, give me another, give me like a few more weeks and then I'll get to the movie theater and then I'll go see this movie and I'll go and I'll go and I'll go. Um, Because downside of a universe is like you have to invest and see three, four, five, six, seven, 19, 20, 21 movies. And right now I'm just like, let me give it a little breather and let me, let me get my heart back into it. I did see a pretty funny meme about the preview of King Kong versus Godzilla. And, I want to see that. And they did a, they did a, a Martha joke, but with Mothra and that, that's why they're going to stop fighting. It's Cause they're going to be like, we both love Mothra. <laughs> I don't know. The Batman v Superman, the, the memes will never end. Uh, let's like, move I over. Want, I just want to talk right now. I need Godzilla versus King Kong in yeah, my life. That is something sure. I need. I don't want. I don't want to go through life and not see Godzilla v King Kong and just let these two go at it. I don't. Well, and I also don't want to them that. to like. I also don't want them to like team up and then like fight some other third monster. I just want them going at it. Give me them. You can even Rocky freeze frame it and just like have the frozen, <laughs> but they're both exhausted. But let me see this fight for like 20 minutes. Right. It's kind of like how I felt about um, Freddy versus Jason. And I was like, dude, I don't care about any of these human characters. They're just fodder for Jason and Freddy <laughs> to kill off. Right. Don't give me any development on them. But when they had their fight, it was worth it. It was awesome. And, you know, it 
did have like an ambiguous ending. And I think that that, that that's for sure what you do. I don't even care. I don't care. I just need to see it. Just need to see it. Uh, let's move to TV. Uh, you know, something that since we started this podcast that I've been needing to see is them to do a faithful adaptation of Frank Herbert's Doom, my favorite book of all time. Well, that's coming. But uh, I don't know if they're like super excited about what's going on with it or what. But now they're saying that there's going to be a uh, a Doom television series based on. I'm pretty sure it's based off of uh, his Frank Herbert's kid, Brian Herbert's uh, book, Sisterhoods of Dune. Which, if you want my honest opinion on this, here's what I think happened. I think I'm excited. Well, I think no. I think that they wanted Brian Herbert. Obviously, he runs he runs his dad's estate, and he wanted to have some feedback on the movie. And so, I think that they threw him this morsel so they wouldn't have to have him be a, a guiding voice on the movie. I think that they threw this to him and Kevin J. Anderson, who write all of the new spin-off, which spoiler alert, they're not good. They're fucking bad. Um, so <laughs> I hit or miss. We'll put it that way. They're hit or miss. So um I mean hell some of Frank Herbert's sequels weren't that good. But uh yeah, this is definitely that definitely what this feels like. It also feels like what, what, capitalizing what, what, on yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know what service this is on or anything, but the Benny Jesuit are basically this 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 order of super badass women that rule that that run things. They run shit. So I think this is trying to do that and trying to capitalize off of the uh the strong female thing that's that, that's real popular right now. And uh, I just hope it's I just hope it, it, it feels like a companion piece to the movie and not just, oh, you like the movie? Check this weird thing that's nothing like the movie out. But the, the pilot's gonna be directed by Denny V. So I think that's the only reason we're even like talking about it. I think well, I mean that's one hell of a pilot right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He is a he is a big time filmmaker, so that gets me interested if nothing else in, in watching the pilot. But I think what you described is right. Like even hearing you lay out the situation, it just seems like it's someone's vanity project. Like here are the shiny keys over here. Don't look over here. Get off of our movie set. Yeah. That's what, that's what <laughs> it feels like, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Brian Herbert. You know, he's a, he's one of the big reasons that this even happened, that this, this, this adaptation that we're getting with legendary pictures even happened. So I, I don't want to just kind of shit on the guy here. A lot of the Dune, the Duneverse, fans are very, very vicious to this guy because a lot of those books are pretty bad. So, and they feel like that he's just, you know, shitting on the, the universe that his father created, but you know, Christopher Tolkien did the same thing and people lay off of him. So whatever, mm. whatever. Uh, <laughs> let's move along here. Uh, Michael Rooker, who is, you know, our Yondu, uh, uh, he is casting. That, yeah. This is, this is, this is a new a new segment of uh, Hail to the King here. Uh, inadvertently, Amazon's The Dark Tower adaptation is rolling. Uh, they are actually started production. They started announcing some of the castings and stuff like that. I've actually seen like some screenshots. But Michael Rooker is casting an unknown role, and you know what? I don't even care what it is. I don't even care what he plays. I'm just I'm on board. Give me more Michael Rooker. This now has Yandu and Sir Bron in this show. Man, come on. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Those two alone, like just give me them at a table model, like dialoguing to each other. I, I don't even I, know what roles are playing, but I, Hey, I'm for it. I'm definitely for even it. Even though my feelings on guardians of the galaxy volume two are, are well documented on this podcast. Michael worker is still the best part of the guardians franchise. And I, I'm for it. Like I, I 100% more interested now to see it because he's involved with it. And you know, it doesn't hurt that Sir Bron's in there because Sir Bron can 
he can take a little piece of dialogue and he can he can really spin it. So yeah, no, look at that like one like scene they gave him in season eight of Game of Thrones. All right, uh, <laughs> it all comes back to that, don't it? And that's a good point to go ahead and talk about. Hey, did you see today that uh, Emmy submissions have come in and uh, HBO has submit Game of Thrones for numerous Emmys for season eight, including Best Writing. The jokes write themselves, Danny. I mean, this is an accomplishment thing. Like I said about Lord of the Rings, how they gave everything to the third Lord of the Rings movie. That's what this is. It's not going to be for season eight. It's going to be for an achievement of the show as a whole. Anything that has anything that has aired on some sort of service can be submitted for an Emmy. Like submitting is not a thing that is hard. It'll be interesting to see HBO's eventual campaign for this because I'm with you. I think that because of all the hate, the four year consideration campaign that they're going to run is like, Hey, this was eight seasons and it changed pop culture and it was everywhere. And Peter Dinklage, we love him guys. Yeah. (laughs) I laugh when I saw this, like I laughed so hard, like five minutes straight out loud. Just like, I I can't believe the arrogance that HBO has. And HBO kind of has to do it because this is the last chance they get with Game of Thrones. It's their big flagship show. What else are you going to do? Like you can't not submit. Um, that's why I say it'll be interesting to see the campaign because if they spend dollars, they're going hard for it. If they if they kind of like are tepid about it, they they realize they fucked up. Um, this should not win a single Emmy. Maybe you could convince me based on the episode submitted that they could win cinematography. Because there are some gorgeous, gorgeous shots, some gorgeous effects. The costuming is still top notch. Yeah, yeah, I can be okay with the music. Best original score. Yeah. Music, writing, directing, editing, Best acting, theory. with the exception <laughs> of Peter Dinklage, who who really did try. He he really tried. He tried, yeah. I don't want to see any of this. Like it, it should not win. If it wins, it's because it's a lifetime achievement award which is not the intent of the award at all. And that everyone with a vote should remember that. And then the second part of it is HBO just like really, really called in a lot of favors and shelled out a lot of money because the eighth season is an abomination. It's garbage. I I can't wait till they do a reboot of this. The thing is, is like I'd already moved on. I'd already forgot about the show. This makes me angry. To the point, yeah, where like when I see people like still talking about it on Twitter, I'm like, dude, shut up, <laughs> move on, move on. So, yeah, that's why I, I guess it, it's it's aging even more poorly than I expected it to. So. And it makes I will say it makes me angry not because I'm I'm bitter about the way the eight season went. the The whole point of the awards it's two folds for me. One fold, one part of it is there's a lot of work, especially in TV, because there's so many channels, so many services that just people don't have the time to see that these awards are meant to help draw people's attention to like, Hey, you might've missed this awesome series, this awesome performance. And because of game of Thrones, a lot of things are going to likely be snubbed because let's face it. Game of Thrones is still going to get eyeballs and it's still going to get nominated. The other part of it is that if game of Thrones does somehow manage to steal an award because of money or influence or whatever, someone is going to get snubbed that should win it because there are again, lots of TV out there, lots of great performances, a lot of great actors, actresses, directors, et cetera, who, who deserve the recognition and not because they spent eight years making this TV show and they feel like they're entitled to some, some award. So I'm upset because the integrity of the awards 
really is kind of like at stake here when it comes to what happens with Game of Thrones. Well, we see the Oscars do it all the time. You give basically lifetime achievements for, or basically, hey, that movie you were in three years ago, here's your Oscar for not that movie. <laughs> I mean, they did it with Leo. So uh, it, it, it happens. But I, I don't like to talk about Game of Thrones too much because you can, you can see that Danny's like internal body temperatures rose about, about 20 degrees just, in this segment. So there, there's TV is so crowded this these days. The fact that Game of Thrones is likely going to take up spots for, for well-deserving people who have busted their ass for a year. Like, give me a break guys. Like it's, it's bullshit. It's that's, it's all it is is bullshit. Let's talk about happier things. Uh, season three of glow. Not only is it coming soon, but it's going to have Gina Davis in it. I haven't seen her in a Ooh. minute. So that's, that's awesome. I don't know. I don't know if she's gonna be a wrestler or she's going to, she probably gonna be one of Mark Maron's like wrestling promoter. Hmm. I was gonna say she'd probably be like, she could be a Mark Maron's ex-wife. I thought that would be an she's gonna, I mean, she could still tie to that, but she's going to be running like the promotion, the Vegas promotion and production or something like that. Hey, I don't care. Is this enough to get you to get, I believe you said you canceled Netflix, but this enough to get you to I get do, back to Netflix. I do have Netflix canceled. I am trying to work out the timing of it, but I want Netflix for both Jessica Jones season three and glow season three. Um, you just going to do like a month. Make, you're going to do like a month by month basis with them. huh? I'm going to try to like get it to overlap, but um, I mean, Glow is fantastic. Glow is one of those shows that works its ass off, that deserves any recognition because they it's smart, great directing. Name any of the actresses, like they're they are fantastic. The fact that they actually do their own stunts and like actually trained as wrestlers to like put on the show is amazing. It's like Tom Cruise light because, and I say light because Tom Cruise learned how to fly a plane or a helicopter and. You know, that's I'm going to give Tom Cruise his credit for doing that. The these are the, the kinds of shows that are going to get squeezed out. And again, I'm going to just get mad at Game of Thrones for doing this arrogant bullshit. Don't do this to me, Game of Thrones. See what I said, that's why I don't like bringing up Game of Thrones on the show because this happens. This, this, this is like bringing up Dark Tower book six and seven for me. It's like forget about talking I, I about anything say, else the rest of the way. I will say if you are listening and you're like, what is glow? Go to Netflix. Go watch Glow. It's two seasons, twenty episodes, like thirty minutes a piece. Yeah, you can watch fantastic. it like, like six hours. You can watch the whole series. It's it's it's, it's a really fantastic fun. series. It's and you don't have fun. to have any interest in wrestling at all. No. My wife don't care about wrestling, and she loves us. So yeah, it's fun. The characters are well thought out. Like it's there's a lot more heart to it than I think I ever thought it would have. And by the end of it, you are rooting for these characters. 260, all of them. They're likable characters, uh, even some of the scummier ones. Hey, here's one I didn't even know about, uh, and I know that you watch it. I do not, but my wife does, and she was telling me, and she was very upset about it. Uh, apparently, season four of The Good Place is going to be the last one. I, I love The Good Place. The Good Place is probably the best comedy on TV right now, broadcast TV. Um, I'm okay with it because this is the director's, and – this is the director saying, hey, we have a story to tell. And it's we have figured out we have figured out that, yeah, four seasons, about 50, 50 episodes is enough to tell our story. If you are into The Good Place, you kind of know the, the twist that they have. And if they extended it any further, it would cheapen the show, in my opinion. You could only do so much with this, and they have a clear story to tell. I'm okay with that. It feels like four seasons will be just the right amount of time. Um, the fact that they're doing this instead of like stringing the show along to get to that magical 100 number so you can have you know eternal checks and distribution, 
shows that they care about the story that they're telling and they're, they're putting that first, not money first. So I think it's a great decision. I'm glad that they announced it ahead of time because it prevents people from getting mad at NBC for doing it when it's not NBC's decision. And if it was up to NBC, they would probably love to churn out 10 seasons of this and get syndication dollars and like slap, you know, checks for the rest of their lives. But uh, I think it's great. It's a great show. If you haven't checked it out, it's one of those shows that it makes, it's funny and it makes you laugh. And I, I can't believe how funny that writing room is, but at the same time, it also does a really good job of making you think. And that's so unexpected, but I think that a lot of the best projects out there can make you do both. See, and it's opened up the door for, for Kristen Bell to go back and do more Veronica Mars, which she is. And it leaves the door open for that Cheers reunion. Ted Danson, baby. He's make back. It, make it happen. <laughs> Come on, Woody. Uh, DC Universe. Uh, neither one of us have it. I am a big Swamp Thing fan. I was super excited to watch this Swamp Thing show. Got incredible reviews. People saying it's actually fucking scary. Super awesome. I'm like, okay, this is great. great. This is great. Even the the, the, the whole, oh, it only got 10 episodes when it was supposed to be 13. Apparently, they don't matter. Not that big a deal. Apparently, it's a big deal because they already canceled it. And apparently, like, even the showrunners are, like, confused. I I read the thing that you sent me where, like, they said they didn't even, like, tear down the sets because they thought that they were coming back. This is just mind-boggling to me. I do not even understand what happened. Do you know any more about this than I do? Because I, from what I've read, like they wanted it to be more like the CW shows. Is that just a rumor? I was like, <laughs> that do, is a rumor. do you know anything about Swamp Thing, guys? Like even James Wan saying he wants you know more people to be vocal about it so we can try to get it picked up somewhere else. So James Wan, our favorite creepy puppet, uh, released a, an Instagram post and he says he released it with a photo of Swamp Thing, which looks fantastic. Like, yeah, it looks awesome. This is awesome. Like it's awesome. Uh, and he says, don't really know or understand why Swamp Thing was canceled, but I can tell you this, all the cast and crew, production, writing teams poured their hearts into this. Really proud of everyone's work. Go watch episode two, which, yeah, they canceled it after one episode and, and immortalized these 10 episodes. Swampy deserves it. 10 episodes, they cut down the original order from 13 to 10. I think the heartbreaking thing about this is that, A, yeah, people loved that first episode and critics who have seen a few of them love what they've done here. It's very different in tone. It's dark. It's horror. It's what Swamp Thing should be. Right. Apparently, the showrunners had three seasons mapped out. Not only did they have three seasons mapped out, they also had it spinning off into Justice League Dark, which is a thing that a lot of people have wanted for a lot of long, long time. Which also yes. means John Constantine. Yes. Uh, which keeps our which keeps our boy Matt Ryan like <laughs> within a job, which is great. I think that's the disturbing thing to me is that they had a plan. They had a clear vision for like, this is what our Swamp Thing story is going to be. And then we're going to turn it into Justice League Dark and it's going to be great. And then it got cut out and no one seems to know why. Even James Wan himself doesn't seem to know why. And that's disturbing because James Wan has, you would think he has a lot of pull and sway with DC because he just delivered a, a boatload of money, pun intended. <laughs> Uh, I'll see you. You're going to be a great dad someday with these guys. <laughs> it's going to be awesome, man. I think it's troubling because you and me, we want to get DC Universe. We, I think both have said we would love there to be a little bit more content on there before we plop down the monthly thing and start going to the binges. But I've heard Doom Patrol is good. I love, I've heard Doom Patrol is actually fantastic. Really good, yeah. I, I love Young Justice and I want to see that. 
And I was banking on this being the third series of like, hey, this is actually really good stuff. Come check it. And then I was planning to jump aboard. Now I'm pausing. But like, what is their fucking plan with DC Universe? Because you see this and it's a start stop thing. And then you look at Disney Plus and like, oh, yeah, here are the series that are going to be here day one. Here's the release schedule for like the next wave of series. Here are the actors, actresses, everything involved. And you're like, yet again, Disney got that shit. It's just up. it's so frustrating when you're a DC fan because you, Warner just doesn't have a fucking clue what what their fans want. It, uh, God, it's so frustrating. And I have friends that are Marvel fans and they're just like, I'm, I'm fucking just jealous of them sometimes. I want to feel like that, like I do with, you know, look, guys, I always say I like them both. But yeah, if you're making me pick one, I've always preferred DC stuff. I've preferred DC characters. And to see that they just routinely get mishandled like this. I mean, I've wanted a Swamp Thing for fucking ever. And here I was excited to finally watch this shit. Now I don't even want to watch it. Just for it to end on a cliffhanger probably and not get any more. Oh, it's annoying. I mean, Swamp Thing is, I mean, it's its you. It's horror. It's supernatural horror, superheroes, magic, mystic arts. Like, this should be, like, the thing that convinces you, like, hey, Mike, now you can get DC. You know? No, I said it was going to be the first one that I actually watched on that thing. Because, I mean, yeah, y'all can tell me how great it is all you want. But to me, Doom Patrol and Titans just looks like a CW show. You need to be talking to Danny. That's thats his stuff, not mine. <laughs> That's why I'm, I was into Doom Patrol because it seems like Legends to, Legends of Tomorrow uncensored. Yeah. <laughs> I just, oh God, I'm, it's, uh, I really it's just never going to happen until until DC finds a way to break away from Warner Brothers, which they never will because they're going to get that sweet merchandise <laughs> money for Superman and Batman t-shirts. So, Disney, do you want to buy DC? <laughs> Sad that it's come to that. Oh, God. Cash offer right here. <laughs> uh, let's move and to E3. Could. And they could. Yeah, for sure. Let's move to E3. Uh, all right. I'd, I'll say that the, the coverage for it on the channel this year, me and Kyle tried since, since we knew it was going to kind of be a down year. We were experimenting with some things, and basically we got like the intro show in. That's really all we got to do. Uh, but that's okay. It was it was a it was a lighter year. There wasn't a ton of stuff that that really talked about. There's stuff that we're going to talk about here, but it wasn't like one of those years that you're going to look back on five years from now and be like, man, what a great year that was for E3. But um, I guess before I open up to you, I'll say what stood out to me at E3 the best is is obviously Cyberpunk finally got a release date. I mean, I don't think that you're into this, and even you've probably heard of Cyberpunk 2077. And it's got Keanu Reeves on board. Is this guy having like the greatest career resurgence or what? Like, he's become like a Twitter icon overnight. It's crazy. He, this weekend he had Toy Story 4. He's still got John Wick 3 going on. And, and now and now he was he shows up at E3 on stage because he's in Cyberpunk 2077. This is it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I'm, I'm not surprised he's let off with this because he, he is on a roll right now. And I, I kind of have joked. I'm like, he looks, he looks like an older version of the Winter Soldier in Cyberpunk 2027. I'm like, I never thought I wanted Winter Soldier versus John Wick, but now I'm kind of into it. <laughs> I, as far as the game, I mean, I, I hope, I hope it's hope it's good. Uh, I, I trust them enough, that company enough, that I'm going to, uh, you know, I'll probably buy that one without having to wait for a review or anything like that. So that's that's my. One must buy from this this show, and obviously it's got finally got a release date. You know, it's uh, it's it's uh, what 50, 57 years earlier than we planned. It's next year. Uh, a lot of people joke for a while there because it's been delayed so long that, or not really delayed, it was announced so early, and the wait was so long that uh, you know, it was actually going to come out in twenty seventy seven. But uh, 
Also, Microsoft kind of, I guess if I'm going to have to pick someone that had the best show, I, I have to go with Microsoft. I know I believe you're going to go with Nintendo. I think Kyle went with Square Enix. I'll go with Microsoft just because even if I'm saying that I'm not going to get it, they're the first to announce the next-gen console. So that's kind of a big deal. And it, that it gear, uh, not gears, uh, Halo Inf- Infinite or Infinity, I'm still not sure which one it is. I think it's Infinite, is going to launch with it. I don't know if they're sticking with Project Scarlet. It's the system name, whatever. That don't really matter to me. But for me, I moved to PC gaming and Microsoft, everything that they release is going to be on Xbox and PC now. I have no reason to buy the next Xbox. I will just buy the PC. But all these companies are really pushing these subscriptions now, these game passes. You know, It's getting to the point where if you get all these streaming services and all these game plans, you're paying more than you ever used to for cable and just video games, guys. So <laughs> just be careful with them. That's all That's all I'm going to say. But uh, yeah, I definitely think that, that Microsoft had the, the game of show, even if uh, I'm not going to be buying that system. Uh, you as a Microsoft guy, are you, are you interested in their next console? Or are you, are you so disillusioned with the uh, Xbox One that you're like, eh, I'll wait? I like my Xbox One. I, I think I have moved from a release day or release window console, new console buyer to a second wave buyer. Mm, I always have been. I, I didn't like it. And I texted about it. The reason why I love Nintendo, the reason why I like Nintendo, the reason why I love Nintendo's show today is they put games first. They, you can make fun of them for like the kitty, the kitty games. You can make fun of them for like the under quote unquote underpowered systems um, they put games first. They have game after game after game after game. They don't forget that this is why you invest three, four, five, six hundred dollars into a system. A, thank God that they keep their prices down too, because <laughs> I can only imagine what the new Microsoft system is going to cost. But six hundred. I mean, you can buy a Nintendo. You can buy a Switch today, and you can have like three or four game of the year quality games ready to go for you right now, with three or four more on the horizon. With Microsoft, they're talking about like faster load times and frame per second, this and like, oh, it's going to be the most powerful, blah, blah, blah. I don't give a shit about any of I don't give a like, I don't care how long I'm waiting in the elevator for Mass Effect to load. I really don't. A, I get to hear Garrus say some like weird ass like, <laughs> like, laugh for like the hundredth time, but that shit doesn't matter to me. The, fa- the problem with the Xbox One was that there weren't gains, period. End the story. You want to tout like, oh, look at the the computers, and uh, let me talk about the the, the teraflops. Sorry, Kyle. No, I, I was thinking that while they were showing, I was like, I don't care about this stuff, man. I don't care. I like, I genuinely don't care. Like Kyle said, you can make a powerful PC for cheap. What the PC doesn't have is those dedicated gaming studios like a Microsoft or a Sony and Nintendo can draw upon and make a good game. Just give me good games. Give me elite level games that I can put 10, 15 plus hours on and feel satisfied and happy with that. On the flip side of it, Nintendo gave me that. Like, you know, I I got, you know, a look at the new Animal Crossing. I got a look at, you know, the new, some of the new stuff for, for Smash Brothers and that Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, which is a remake of one of my favorite games of all time. And that's coming in. They gave me release dates for September. They gave me Luigi's Mansion 3, The Witcher 3, if I want to actually invest in that. In yes, do Switch. it. It's not only the, the Witcher 3, it's like the Mega. The mega. You mean the Switcher? 
the switcher. There we go. Uh, I mean, we know Pokemon Sword of Shield is coming. They gave us more features there, and including like a Corgi dog, which is going to be my favorite Pokemon ever because I love Corgis. They're dope. They they gave us a Breath of the Wild sequel in development. Which right, is well, cool. I was going to go by company here, but it sounds like he's already starting us off on Nintendo. So this counts towards Although the Nintendo I will, segment. I, I will say the one thing now that gives me pause about Breath of the Wild is I, I was reading an interview and they were talking about which open world games inspired Breath, the original Breath of the Wild. And of course, it's Skyrim. One of Skyrim, yeah. I would say probably top five game for both of us. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a fantastic game. We I don't even want to know how much combined a time. We uh, probably about 3000 hours between the two of us. I'm sure. The one thing they said is that what ins- what's inspiring this breath for what we'll call Breath of the Wilder uh, for a different <laughs> environment is uh, they said it's inspired by Red Dead uh, Revolution 2. And I'm like, oh, time oh, out. Oh, no, no. God, no. <laughs> hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> I didn't even hear that part. I just watched the trailer. Oh, that's that's <laughs> deflating because I, I told you that Breath of the Wild for us was like a revelation where me and my wife would put the kids to bed and we would play till one in the morning every single night for like two months on work nights, on school nights, everything, because we were so into that game. So, yeah, anytime I'm going to get a sequel to that, I'm thinking it's going to kind of be what Majora's Mask was to uh to ocarina of time where it's just going to be something a little different but kind of maybe off the same engine uh maybe even like the same world with like a fresh coat of paint and different enemies or something like that but whatever it is i'm i'll be getting it i mean i even bought the dlc for uh for breath of the wild and i never buy dlc packs yeah when i buy the switch this fall i'm gonna get breath of the wild i'm gonna get Link's awakening i'm gonna get odyssey and i'm gonna get smash brothers i'm gonna put that like uh, pre-order down for Pokemon. That's five games right there. Hey, hey, eighty percent hey, ain't bad, man. That's good. Four out of five. <laughs> Four to five. Uh, anything else in Nintendo? I mean, obviously, look, Link's Awakening, very cool. I think it looks really I'm cool. I, the art style was was an interesting choice, but I like it. I think it's very charming. Uh, I just I'm against paying sixty dollars for a remake. So I would hope I would hope that they have new content to it. Um, I, I'll still buy it. Link's Awakening is one of my favorite games of all time. It is a beautiful beautiful story and that's very different it's i mean it was majora's mask before majora's mask um i know you don't no, look i liked majora's mask just when you guys say it's like top two <laughs> top three zelda game I'm like dude do you guys realize how many great zelda games there are i don't think that y'all do because majora's mask is not one of them i think the two things of note for me from from nintendo direct uh before we move on to other stuff is the first is bringing a game like the witcher over um you know, Nintendo. See, I wasn't sure it could handle it, but it looks fine. With the Wii, Nintendo gets got criticized for being too childish, too kiddie, didn't appeal to the more serious gamer. And yes, The Witcher is an older game at this point. People have played it who've played it. But I think even showing the the effort to port it over and and make it a Switch version is Nintendo again saying, like, hey, we hear you. You want games? We're gonna give you games. And here is a game that's gonna take up like three or four years of your life or something. Like I'm that. still playing it, man. Still playing um, it. So I think that's a good sign for Nintendo fans everywhere that they're doing this. Hopefully they'll get away from ports and like have the same release dates and moving forward in the future. Uh, I think the other cool thing for me is seeing a Banjo-Kazooie come over as Smash Brothers DLC. I hate DLC that you have to pay for. I think that's stupid. Just like make a complete game and give people their updates for free. Um, but that's a whole another issue for no whole other time. The fact that Microsoft owned Rare 
is letting Banjo-Kazooie play and Nintendo own Smash Brothers is cool. Everyone talks about cross-play. Everyone wants to see cross-play. We're getting closer and closer to that. Seeing Microsoft and Nintendo partner up is fantastic. Um, I personally love it. I, I would hope that Nintendo lets some of their games out of the box maybe one day. Who knows? But, yeah, I, I think that's cool. I think it's great, and I think it shows that in video games that there is such a thing as collaboration, and I think it's a nice little feather in Nintendo's cap that they can say, cool, we've got characters from Sony games, we've got characters from Sega games, we've got characters from Microsoft game, and we got our own characters playing in this Smash Brothers craziness. Yeah, uh, first show without Reggie, it went okay. Uh, you know, it The Bowser joke, as corny as it is, it's... It's ridiculous. I, I thought I, that I, was fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Square Enix. I don't know if you you watched their thing. Uh, besides this Avengers game, which looks absolutely horrendous and hilariously bad, uh, I, I will fight anybody who disagrees. It looks awful. You spent four years developing this game. Four years. You had four years to get this trailer right. This first trailer coming off of Endgame when Avengers hype is at its all time high, and you give me the great value Avengers. You give me Captain America and fucking hockey pads. Are you? You give me great Tony value. Stark. This is like Dollar Tree. <laughs> you give me a Tony Stark who he's a billionaire playboy genius philanthropist, and you gave me a guy that looks like a high school nerd. Like what? <laughs> you gave me a Thor that looks like Shakespeare in the fucking park. Black Widow who doesn't look anything. You have Scarlett Johansson that you can model her off of, and you gave me like a dude in a wig. Like what is this? This is garbage. The only thing it got right is that Hawkeye. <laughs> I thought it was really courageous of them to uh, to gender swap a uh, Black Widow, make it make her a man. That was that was really courageous. I mean, oh, that wasn't I for mean, sure. Oh, oops, that was an accident. At least the Hulk looks like the Hulk. Maybe like I don't, I don't know. Like I'm sorry. I, I just you had four years to get this right, and you deliver something that like hit people as hard as a wet noodle. If they didn't want to, if they were tr- intentionally trying to make it not look like the MCU, I, I could understand that. But I, it just, I it's not just because of that. It looks awful. Well, the, the hard thing for Square Enix is that people automatically are going to compare this to Spider-Man. The great thing about Sony's Spider-Man is that it looks comic faithful. It looked great. It looks sharp. Yeah, better it, than that movement. homecoming garbage. Yeah, for sure. The movement, <laughs> the movement of Spider-Man in that game looked like Spider-Man. When they showed all of these action shots of characters, it didn't even feel right. It just looked weird. The fact that some people are trying to hype themselves up about it or saying it's not a big deal, it looks bad. It looks Captain America alone looks like a fucking 50-year-old dad who put on hockey pads. It's like, <laughs> well, I guess I got to take the kids out trick-or-treating today. Oh, jeez, gosh. Jeez, it's bad. Uh, right. The Final Fantasy VII remake it, – it, I, I believe it's just they're supposed to be dropping this in segments like part one, part two, part three. I hope it's I hope they're not full price games when they when they when they're, they're dropping like that. All I saw was a release date. It didn't say anything about part one or not that it's coming out next March. Uh, I said that when I when I found out that they were breaking it up like that, that I wasn't interested and that it seemed like they were just completely making something new. But nostalgia is going to get me on this one. I'm sure. I mean, that was I was totally out of video games. I saw a trailer for Final Fantasy VII in a movie theater, and went and dropped like 200 bucks the next day on a PlayStation to, just to play this game. So yeah, I mean, it's, it, this game game has some sort of special place in in my. I don't want to say childhood because I was like 18 when it came out. So 
uh yeah it was it was something that got me back into games when i was totally out of gaming and sadly i haven't let go since then again so <laughs> uh yeah i'll definitely i'll definitely be checking that out but it's a it's a sony exclusive so yeah get witcher uh let's talk about bethesda or as i like to call them what the hell happened to this company because you can go two years ago and hear us talk about how Bethesda is the shit and they can do no wrong and we love them. And then Fallout 4 came out and it seems like it's been downhill since then. I felt like Doom was cool. I liked the last Doom game. I'm not watching a Bethesda show. I'm not thinking about Doom. I'm thinking about Elder Scrolls. I'm thinking about not Fallout 76. Basically, their show was, hey, Fallout 76, it was bad, and we took a lot of crap for it, but you guys should try it again. That's your show? That, a bunch of fucking tablet games, a bunch of online... The, the, the studio that sit there and got on stage and bragged about, say, Player One, and all they're talking about is Elder Scrolls Online, this online card game, these online tablet games. What? The, these guys are going to be the next EA if they are not fucking careful. Elder Scrolls and their Starfield game just got like a brief... But last year... They got like a title card. This year, they get like a brief mention. Yeah, we're working on those. Bye. Wow, what an awful show. Awful. I, the Fallout 76, like, I don't even want to talk about anything else. The Fallout 76 thing is bad. It is horrendous. You have people that hate this game and everything about it, and they just doubled down on it. And I get it. You invested money on it, but sometimes you got to say, hey, it was you an L. Some, you lose some, yeah. We took an L, and it's a big L. Uh, the fact that they updated with fucking battle, like I'm sorry, like I get it. People love battle royale games. I'm, I'm probably now sounding like an old man at this point. No, I'd say the thing. Can't stand. Oh, it. I mean, you are an old man. So. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be there soon, bitch. <laughs> oh, already am. I'm I embracing. I don't give a. I don't give a fuck about battle royale games. That is not a thing that makes me go like, ooh, here's my money. Cool. Like it's a bunch of it's a multiplayer mode where a bunch of people kill each other. Uh, why? Why do I? Why do I care about that? Like, it's a gimmick at this point, and it's a gimmick that people are buying into. And by people, I mean developers, and they're putting out their battle royale modes, battle royale modes, and it sucks because instead of investing those resources into the game, they just do something that people are going to play now, and then that's frustrating because again, you can look at our video game discussion. And see that our love for the older games, like Link's Awakening, like I just talked about, how I'll happily put down sixty bucks for Link's Awakening. I'm not going to put down sixty bucks ten years from now on any of these games, especially the games with Battle Royale mode. Bethesda had, I mean, Bethesda's HBO. Bethesda could do no wrong for the longest time, and it seems like they got full of themselves, and they just can't get they they can't get out of their own way now, and it's frustrating to me. Because they have some great IP. Fallout should be fantastic. Hell, I think Kyle said it. Like, cool, you should just release remastered Fallout 3. Get some good graces back with people because Fallout 3 is a fantastic game. Nope. Here's Fallout 76. Here's a free week. Then pay us after that week. You know, we talked about Outer Worlds on here before, and that's being made by Obsidian, the ones who made Fallout New Vegas. And that, that actually opened up Microsoft's show. And that's going to be a you know, multi-platform. That basically looks like fallout in outer space so that it already looks better than fallout 4 so yeah i i wanted to mention that one for sure since we've kind of already talked about everything else at microsoft gears 5 uh you're either in or you're not with that series at this point the one thing about the gears people is that they know how to make a good trailer 
-hmm. and they know how to take their video game, mash it with music and make something that's a little bit more cinematic than everyone else. And they did it again and it looks fantastic. Um, and here's my money. I love the Gears series, but like mm -hmm. putting that with Billie Eilish and like, <laughs> I don't even know what this game is, but like just the craziness of it and like the, the pulling and the stretching, it makes me think that this game will be a little bit different, but different in a good way. Um, that's the thing that as they, long as you got a chainsaw gun, you can still cut fools in half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, they got me on board. A new Halo game down the road is fine. Get back to basics with Halo, please, for the love of God. Just get back. and make the campaign longer than six hours. For God's sakes, uh, quit shitting on the campaign just for multiplayer. Don't put a battle royale mode. <laughs> I guarantee it. Don't put a battle royale. <laughs> guarantee it has it. Um, I hope we're out of that phase by the time that game drops. I don't need to see. <laughs> as much as we just like crapped on Bethesda, there is a company that we like crap on way worse, and that's EA, and they've they've earned it. Uh, me and Kyle. The EA show, all we did was like talk about everything else that we wanted to see because besides this Star Wars game, which looks surprisingly good, uh, yeah, there was nothing. I know that I think I believe you play FIFA, don't you? I do play FIFA. I love so, FIFA. I mean, yeah, if, if you're into FIFA still in Madden, then yeah, you probably have more in EA than, than, than me or Kyle did. But the Star Wars uh, Fallen Jedi Order game, it looks cool. It looks like it looks like an Assassin's Creed. Uh, but with Star, Star Wars, like the new Assassin's Creed, not the ones that you played, like the newer versions of Assassin's Creed, which were kind of like witchery. Uh, it looks like a mix of kind of like that and like a like an Uncharted. So it, I I want to be excited because it, it takes place, uh, you know, Rogue One era because it even it even has it even has Force Whitaker in it. Daddy. I did see um, that. And I was like, I hope he yeah. does the voice. Uh, yeah. It, so it it's in the it's in the era of Star Wars stuff that I want to see, but. I don't trust EA. So I think this will be one that I definitely have to, there's gotta be some reviewers that I trust that will tell me that it's good for, I give it a try. Uh, even then it'll probably be, you know, deep discount on steam or something like that before I give it a go. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's basically it. I mean, obviously cyberpunk's just your big Ubisoft? ones because it finally got a date. Was that, did we, did we talk about Ubisoft? You know, I missed the Ubisoft show, and when I heard that that Watch Dogs Three was was headlining their show because there's no Assassin's Creed somewhere this year, there's no Far Cry this year. I it feels weird because I feel like for me, Ubisoft has won Best in Show the last the previous two years. So the fact that I didn't even watch their show this year because I was at work, and when I got home, I heard the buzz that there was there was like no buzz for it. I didn't even watch. I have no interest in Watch Dogs. So. I, I did watch Ubisoft because I was hoping, uh, like a fool, that they would do Child of Light 2. And again, another year has passed and there's no Child of Light 2. And I hate you, Ubisoft. I really, I really yeah, it's like me every year with Elder Scrolls. Um, they did release some. There's, I guess, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is getting a story creator where you can create your own missions. Um, so no, that, I, I pay other people to do that for me. I don't <laughs> want to do it myself. I'm not a game programmer. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's that. Um, uh, John Bernthal, our, our boy, the Punisher, was there. He's in the new Ghost Recon, which I'm going to just call Punisher Recon because that's all <laughs> I'm going to think when I see this game. Uh, he also brought his dog, which a, a dog apparently stole the show because uh, he was a very good boy, uh, and he did not like pee on the stage, so good there. I don't I don't have the Watch Dogs hate. I think the coolest thing for me about this game, but, but at least has me intrigued, is that you can assume control over any character in the game, like any character. 
which is interesting and different because it's not a thing that you can do. And I know they demonstrated that by having like a grandma like beat up everybody, but it's at least got me like curious about the game and wanting to learn a little bit more. Uh, I love alt world games and the fact that it's like kind of apocalyptic post Brexit London is kind of interesting to me. So I'll at least pay a little bit more attention to that as we get closer to release. I've never played a game in the series. That's more why I'm, I'm not interested. I, I think Ubisoft is a wonderful developer, so I'm, I'm sure it's probably at least playable. Uh, I love the Far Cry series. I even like that Far Cry 5 expansion that they put out and called it a new game. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm always going to be on board with Ubisoft. I, I, I didn't I didn't actually watch her show when I heard like the biggest thing there was that they announced a division, a movie adaptation of The Division on Netflix. So with uh, Jessica Chastain and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, that was a little bit weird. They're announcing that uh, they announced a, a TV show uh, with uh, Rob uh, McClaney, McClaney, uh, one of the dudes from It's Always Sunny, and he's making a, a comedy series about. Oh, Game with Mac, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and of course, it's got uh, Danny Pudi from Community, who I, I love and adore. So when you got uh, those two in a, in the same show, like I'm going to pay attention to it. Uh, so it's interesting that they were doing stuff like announcing movies and, and TV shows. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like these developers have an opportunity to really take hold uh, of, well, I was about to say this generation, but next generation. So I'm hoping that a lot of people's like underwhelmed feelings and disappointment with E3 this year, like some developer out there takes hold of it and like gets back to putting up kick-ass games that people will pay for, and we've seen it time and time again, the video game industry, people will pay for it if it is good. Make me a good game. I'll say when I heard that that Netflix was going to be at E3, I was hoping that it was going to be a trailer for the Witcher series. But I'm reading the Witcher series now, so uh, I'm I'm getting more interested in the uh, seeing what this Netflix show, if it's going to be just a complete flame out. Or if it has a chance to, to to fill that fill that dark fantasy hole, no pun intended, that Game of Thrones has left. So uh, I, I really hope because I mean I got my boy Henry in it, you know. So I, I wanted to, I wanted to do well, and I just now that I'm reading it, I get to nitpick the hell out of it, you know. And I didn't get to do that before. So it is based more. It is based off the books, not the game. The games are loosely based on the books. So yeah. You'll have a lot of people that are complaining. It's not just like the game that they played or something like that. And then you'll have the book people saying, shut your mouth and read a book. So, yeah, that's me. That's me. But I keep hearing it's coming out in December. So we got to see something. But you know, Netflix, they do what they want. Hey, there's no announcement or nothing. Just like, hey, here's trailer. It drops this Thursday. You know, <laughs> so, you'll probably be in a, like, you probably won't hear anything until like October, November. Yeah. And I'll be like, hey, yeah, it comes out like in two weeks. Yeah. Sounds about right. I just, I wish we'd see something because you know, all we've seen is that horrible makeup text test picture or video that they put up of him, which looked like if you thought that Captain America looked like like bad trick or treating dad taking his kids out as Captain America, yeah, that looked like something else. I don't even know. So uh, I wish they would, even if they would just release like a production still of him as Gerald, I think that it would generate some real excitement. But it's Netflix; they can do what they want. Oh, I will say about the Avengers game. Apparently, and this is not a joke, and this was confirmed by uh, Square Enix, Ant-Man is somewhere in the trailer, um, which I don't fucking... Maybe he's in Thanos' butt. 
all right well that's all i got um i was like i don't know if we want to have a show but uh yeah yeah uh if there isn't something we talked about a while back if there isn't like a ton of news we're not going to force one of these shows or something like that so we're going to let some stuff build up obviously e3 was a lot to talk about and uh i wanted to see danny talk about game of thrones you know a couple weeks removed here now and and i think i can still see him like a little sweat on his forehead there because yeah what pissed me off more this or that or square enix's avengers I never expected the Avengers game to be good, so but I mean I never I, actually you know what I think I appreciate this more because at least it gave me a good laugh. <laughs> I, I think I expected it and I expected it because we've seen Batman get the Arkham City treatment. By the way, Brock said he didn't even show up to announce whatever the hell they've been working on for like eight years. Green the Lantern. Batman, the if Arkham I can't get a movie, series, give me a Green Lantern game. The Arkham series was great. Spider-Man by Insomniac, fantastic. I think the bar had been raised for licensed superhero games and to see what Square Enix has been working on for years and it looked like the fucking Saturday Night Live skit of the Avengers is just, it's disappointing. Like, these are the, now, what a time we live in that we can say this, these are the most well-known heroes in the world and you can't just deliver something subpar like that. Not when the fandom is so intense for for Marvel right now. They they dominate the movies, but DC dominates animated and video games apparently. So still do. Um, well, like um, like I said, I felt like uh, PS4 Spider Man was the best. If you said that, if you said that that that, that, that Spider Verse is up here, I think that Spider Man PS4 story is like right here, and that's yeah. more because it had the rogues in it, you know, it had a shit ton of villains and it had a really good story. So, uh, yeah, still so much, so much good Spider-Man stuff out there. And I look at, I look at far from home. I'm like, mm, I don't see it, man. I don't see it, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay. I mean, I'm still going to watch it. Like it's not, it can't be X-Men bad, right? <laughs> I've said, I'm not expecting, I'm, I'm not, I treated end game as an end and I'm not super excited for what's to come, but, I'll still be watching until I feel like they don't deserve my money anymore. And you know. I bet your kid, I bet your kid will have you there to, to watch Spider Man. Probably, probably. I mean, I don't know. We got, we got, we got like the uh, the gauntlet coming up here. We got Toy Story, and then we got uh, oh shit, what was it? Uh, Spider Man and Lion King. We got Lion King. Oh yeah, Lion King still has to drop. That's yes, right. Lion King. I will be bringing my tissues. So that's the, that's the childhood feels right there because I was like. I don't really know if I need to see this. And all I heard was Hans Zimmer's score. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they, they, they know where their bread's buttered. If they, if that Aladdin movie, whatever, I could take it or leave it. But Lion King, yeah, it's Lion King. That's my favorite Disney animated movie. So I'll definitely there. Even if it doesn't have be prepared in it, I'm still, I am prepared for it not to have be prepared in it. So I'm glad they told me that up front. Do you yeah, know Lion that's it. Do you know the Lion King as well as I do? I'm uh, probably not as well, but like I, I know that I know that I know that I know the beats, and I know that the acting, the voice cast is so far. I've been impressed with every trailer. It'll probably it's going to get the feels. It's going to get the heart. I want this getting like best special effects Oscar nominations. I want Jungle Book good. It looks so effects, good. You know? It looks it looks fucking I mean, real. <laughs> That's what I want. I I'm want so impressed real. by how good this looks. Unlike Square Enix, Avengers. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll talk to you uh, maybe next week, maybe the week after that. Take care.
Okay, geeks, thanks for listening to the show. Now, if you didn't get enough geek material to help you through the week, you can always hop on the TARDIS here and check out the archives on the homepage, Facebook, YouTube, or iTunes. Also, take a moment, subscribe on iTunes, and leave a star rating if you get a second, as it helps others to find the show. To find us, just simply open iTunes and search for Geek Media Core. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter. The home account is at GMC Podcast. Mike is at Zep1978, and Danny is at DC underscore 612. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk at you next week. led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.